This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Very good afternoon to Jeff Halley talking to us from Singapore. So another vaccine, another stock market record and so on. Um, is this the path to the pandemic's end, do you think? Well, it's certainly a big step along the way. Uh, I think the most important thing here is not just the efficiency of the vaccine, but its storage. You can keep it in a fridge as opposed to the Pfizer one, which needed to be kept at minus 70 degrees Celsius. This is going to make logistics uh, much, much uh, easier for distribution. But we're also expecting the uh, AstraZeneca Oxford University results uh, in the next few weeks as well. So this won't be the last vaccine candidate, I believe, that we see before the end of the year. So certainly uh, it's no reason to let our guards down because we're living in the here and now, but the markets are certainly being able to see a resolution to this pandemic in 2021. They did. Uh, so we saw the usual rotation. But as you've noted this morning, it wasn't just a simple rotation into the bombed out stocks. The tech stocks as well got a boost, didn't they? So it's a, like a um, like a, a twin assault, really, or a, a twin benefit to the stock market. Yeah, look, I, I think the reason that asset prices are going to remain supported is because every central bank in the world except for China is on an easing course. The Federal Reserve has telegraphed they're going to uh, increase easing next next month. ECB will be on the same point. The Bank of England, uh, Australia, New Zealand, anywhere all over the world, monetary policy is still going to be ultra easy because even after this pandemic is over, government balance sheets are going to be not looking too good, to put it politely. They'll need monetary fi- uh, policy support. Rates will remain lower for longer. In a 0% world, the market will be looking for a yield anywhere, and that will support uh, stock market prices. And I think that's what we saw last night. We didn't see that knee-jerk reaction again because mm. it wasn't such a surprise, but we did certainly see a broad uh, uh, rally in the stock markets. Take us through the big, big trade deal that was announced over the weekend, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership. Um, again, as, as you noted yesterday, you know, not, not so much um, what it's actually going to do, but the, 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 the composition of the countries is very interesting, isn't it? And, and it kind of pushes the United States out in the cold. Yeah, I, I mean, RCEP itself rolls up a lot of bilateral agreements uh, that were between all these countries in Asia and co- uh, it consolidates them into one big document. I think mm. it's important to note that you know, South Korea, Japan, China are all for the first time in one trade agreement, sort of weak as it is. But yes, I think it's definitely going to put the onus on the United States uh, to um, re-engage internationally uh, or risk being left behind by the rest of the world. So I would expect that be one of our pro- uh, uh, one of the priorities of, of, of a Biden administration. So, so, so you're, you're seeing it as a sort of tidying up exercise, are you, rather than a new initiative? Well, it's taken eight years to uh, get it all here. I, there are some points in it, like the, 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 the origins, and I won't go into the details of that, but uh, they've tidied up the, the point of origin of goods. The, the, the goods will flow more freely within the block. Uh, I mean, it's not a hugely strong agreement, like a sort of a, a European Union trade zone sort of agreement, but it's a step along the way. And, and the names that they've got to sign up for it are some pretty big names, and we are covering a third of the world's population. So in that respect, I think it's uh, a very positive for international trade. 
and the US risks being left out in the cold if it doesn't engage. How are these Eurocentric and UK domestic concerns about Brexit actually playing out internationally? We are looking at what the papers are describing as a sort of Brexit endgame. I have to say yet again, but that's a different story. Uh, is, is it playing out internationally at all? There's a couple of things here. The, the, the nature of the FTSE 100 means that it's very pro-cyclical. So it's standing uh, poised to benefit more than many other developed markets uh, in, a, in a pro-vaccine environment because of the nature of the companies that make it up. But if you look at the pound, for example, currency markets are very, very clearly pricing in that there will be some sort of typically last-minute deal got across the line because sterling has been appreciating over these last few weeks, not depreciating, and that wouldn't be the case if there was going to be a hard Brexit. So financial markets are definitely pricing that something is going to get put down on paper and agreed. Now, today we look forward to US retail sales. Um, they have been very strong, haven't they? What, what do you think they're going to tell us, if anything? Because, I mean, I, you know, bearing in mind this kind of disconnect that we've seen between the financial markets and, and Main Street, yeah, here you have retail sales doing quite strongly as well. Yeah, I think we're going to see a retreat there. The last month was a 1.9% increase uh, tonight's one for October is expected to be around 0.5%. We're going to start seeing these COVID-19 lockdowns that are even increasing as we speak today in the United States. We're going to see that start making its way into the data going forward. The risk is, is that it comes out at zero or less and we have a sudden drop in the stock market, even if it's temporary. So there is plenty of potential for volatility over this retail sales number tonight. Jeff Hallett, thank you very much indeed. The Business Breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Oh.